Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we will be covering the eighth episode of the first season of Supernatural, titled Bugs. Jamie, what did you think? <laughs> the writing in the first scene of this episode. Let's just jump straight in there. The very beginning. The, like, little bit before the credits even roll. Okay. You've got the construction workers, right? Uh-huh. I wrote it down so that I would remember exactly what they said. Okay, great. He so literally says, I'd like to live in one of those fat houses. Is that, is that the actual wording? That is the actual wording. Oh, I feel like I need to see a transcript for that. Sure, that doesn't even make sense. Okay. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. I will give them that. And then the other guy responds, they'll be damn expensive. He's not wrong. No. He's not wrong. I was looking at those houses and I actually was like thinking to myself, because I feel like we see this a lot in like American media, which is like, let's be real, most of our media is these huge houses. And I'm kind of like, is that really how Americans live? Like, is that what houses look like over there? Because I feel like they're just a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like I'm thinking about like general like suburbs here and I'm like, yeah, like houses. And then I look at like the ones that are in American media and I'm like, mansions? Like, all of them? Why? Like how many bedrooms do you actually need? Yeah. I'm like, why is your why does your garage fit, like, eight cars? Do you have eight cars? I mean, their cars are a lot bigger than ours. But, again, that doesn't make sense either. Why? What are you doing? But, no, that is the direct quote. I'd like to live in one of them fat houses. We all have dreams. His dream is to live in a fat house. Is that Was that a thing in 2005? Is that like a thing? Like we have thick now? Like thick with are the houses fat with five T's? What I will say though, the opening sequence, you'll appreciate this. It's the brightest the show has ever been. It is. Mm, it's so bright and sunny. They finally realized they could harness the power of the sun, not as solar to power normal lights, but just in general as the universe's, well, our galaxy's biggest light. Yeah, I was watching this and I was like, I know Bethany said this is one of those episodes that a lot of the fandom doesn't really like. Like, yeah. it's not really viewed positively by a lot of the fandom. The show makes fun of it itself. The yes. show <laughs> makes fun of it itself. But I was looking, I'm like, Wow, they've got lighting. And then, like, the next scene, it was immediately gone. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's replaced with that weird, filtery, like, aesthetic thing they like did. Like, from Dead in the from Water. From Dead in the yeah. Water. Yeah. And Do I was know, like... It's funny because I never used to really pick up on those. But, like, since you've me- mentioned it, I've been like, oh, yeah, okay. I see the filter she's talking about. It yeah. It looks like they've just ran the contrast all the way up. All right. While we're talking about the, like, intro, though. Yeah. I would just, like, put this out there. As much as, like... And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as we go on. But as much as some of the bugs in this episode just look so fucking stupid, the very start, like, all of those, like, beetle things crawling all over his body, icky, made me uncomfortable. Like, they were effective. And I think it's because they were real, whereas, like, all the other stuff, excepting the bees that you can't even see, were fake. And it's just, oh, man. But, like, the actual scene, the actual beetles crawling all over his body and in the hole and just, like, coming out from all the tree roots, I just, oh, like, it made me genuinely, like, I don't know, not convulse, but, like, it, it was repulsive. It made to me shut It made me, like, gag. I was like, oh. But what I didn't understand about that scene yeah. is, right, the guy, like, he's screaming in pain, he's screaming in pain. The guy runs and grabs the rope. He's got the rope. Uh-huh. He runs back over to the hole instead of immediately lowering the rope down and trying to get in there to get him out. Yeah. He just gets his flashlight out and is, like, looking down the hole. I'll give credit to the guy who fell in the hole because 
I would also react in the exact same way. Like the panic attack that he was like spiraling into. I was like, yeah, yeah, I would also have a panic attack. That is exactly how I would react in this situation. But the friend who goes to get the rope, I'm like, bro, you're on a construction site. Are there no other people around that you could just yell for? Like, hey, Todd, Derek's fallen in a hole. Call an ambulance. (laughs) You know, or surely they have a ladder. Like, how is this man with a broken ankle going to haul himself up out of this fucking hole on a rope with not even any knots in it? I think the idea is they lower the rope down, he ties the rope around himself, and then they pull him out of the hole. Ah, yeah, okay. I was imagining him, like, Tarzaning it out. (laughs) I was like, I don't think... I don't think that's the most effective way to get him out of this hole. I feel like a ladder would work better, but I guess a ladder, he also needs feet. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Ignore me. I'm stupid. But yeah, mainly I was like, bro, you have co-workers, like maybe alert them to this health and safety hazard. Yeah. That scene was just a little off for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like. I guess people do dumb things when they're panicking. Yeah. But between the dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that instead of just like lowering the rope down. He decides to get the flashlight and just look down the hole. And so every little bit that I was like really excited because like, holy shit, like light. All of that was overridden by the dialogue in this scene is so fucking stupid. Yeah. And then they put him in a hole, which has no light. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what they did do though, which again, I noticed specifically for you is then they go to the scene where Sam and Dean are like hustling or Dean rather Mm. is hustling Paul to like make some extra cash on the side. And they use a shot, which is different. They did a different thing with the filming. They use a puddle and they film the puddle and then they pan up and the motorbike drives through the puddle and it like warps the scene and then you come into focus on the actual scene. And I was like, oh, oh, they did a thing with the camera and it was different. And you're looking at me like, you're like, shut up, Bethany. <laughs> no, I'm looking at <laughs> Or like you you're like about that. to burst my bubble. There's a scene where they film it through a mirror. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, wow, they're doing something interesting with the direction. Yeah. It would be nice if I could fucking see it. I liked it though because it was like a nighttime, so you could yeah. see the like reflection of like the the lights from the bar, and like I thought it looked really really cool. And I just I made a note of it because I was specifically like, oh, ha, huh, Jamie, look, they moved the camera in a different way. <laughs> um, but no, in my notes I called it the fun puddle shot. So I I like to think that that's maybe what they also called it in the storyboarding oh, room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun puddle shot. I thought, wow, they're filming this in a slightly more interesting way than they have in previous episodes. Yeah. But then the lighting is so bad in this episode that I was like... <sighs> Although a lot of it is, like, set out in, like, the daytime outdoors. So actually a lot of this episode is, like, the brightest it's ever been. Mm. Like, when they go to investigate the My- hole and, like, uh, Dean is, like, facing towards the sun and poor Jensen's, like, squinting so hard, like, trying to get through this scene. But he's just, like, his eyes are, like, almost closed because the sun is, like, right in his face. And I was just like, damn, it's actually bright outside. They're not used to this. You know what else they're not used to? What are they not used not to? Not discussing crime in the middle of the fucking street. I know, I know. Again, again with credit card scams too, is the one that he specifically brings up. I'm like, oh, do you know what hurt me about that scene though? Is Dean being like hustling pool. Like, cause Sam's like, really? Like hustling pool? And Dean's like, yeah, it's what we were raised to do. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that is so sad. Should we talk about the disconnect that Sam and Dean have then in regards to their childhood? Yes, absolutely. I would love nothing more. I literally love this as a topic. Okay. You're looking at me like you regret introducing it as a topic. (laughs) 
I'll let you lead and I'll I'll chime in. I think I want to chime in with something a little lighter to start. Let's let's okay. let's just dip our toes in. Dean watching Oprah? No. Because I love that little tidbit. <laughs> no, I was going to refer to there's this one line and the way that Jensen Ackles. Who Dean, plays Dean, yes. yes. Oh, she's learning. I'm, I'm learning. I guess I host a podcast about this now. I probably should like. <laughs> I'll get you the wiki pages. <laughs> He says a line and it's like, bow hunting is an important skill. Yeah. And like the fucking <laughs> delivery of that line, it is brilliant. Deadpan. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Such a good moment in the episode. He is actually hilarious. Some of the best episodes are the ones where Jensen really gets to like flex his funny bone. As much as I love the, the delivery of that line, I love just the fact that Dean seems so baffled. Like, why the hell would you want to play soccer instead of learning how to bow hunt? Yeah. One's a useful skill, the other's soccer. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's so interesting and I'm so glad that we're finally up to episodes where you actually get to understand what it was like for them growing up and how vividly different their memories are of being kids. And you see it all through this episode. And, like, I know, I know that generally as a fandom, it's like Bugs is kind of like the butt of all jokes. And like, yeah, I said before, like they even make fun of it within the text of the show later on. But I honestly think like there's so much exposition in it, but it's important exposition. Like it's about Sam and Dean wanting different things. And it's about how they each remember John and how they each view John. Dean sees John, at least from the perspective of this particular episode, as like this father figure who like, yeah, you know, he was Father figure, he was their father. (laughs) Look... (laughs) You know, who's like rough around the edges and like, sure, he like did some shitty things, but it was for the right reasons. Like you, we needed to be told about this and we needed to be able to protect ourselves. Whereas Sam sees John as this like oppressive force where he was like, I just wanted to spread my wings. I just wanted to be normal. I wanted to play soccer. I wanted to go to college. These are normal things that a parent should want for their kid. And he's not wrong, you know? And like he even says in the episode, you know what most parents are when their kids score a full ride like proud my dad or our dad like kicked me out of the house or out of the car i guess let's also talk about the casual gaslighting of sam in this entire episode yeah uh-huh. and just the way he's like it was really shitty for me growing up i wanted to do just some normal things like i just wanted to do my own thing i wanted to go my own way yeah and dean's like undercuts it entirely undercuts entirely like dad was so proud of you blah 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 He's like, you know, he went to go and visit you at Stanford. Like, he always wanted to make sure you were safe. Yeah, that's all well and good. But also, Sam's experience was he got into college and his dad kicked him out of the house. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's all well and good that he went to visit him at Stanford. But, like, he should have driven him to Stanford, you know. He shouldn't have just, you know, thrown him out. And I guess it's hard because we don't get to see the actual scene. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but we never see that actual fight play out on screen. And, you know, Dean even says in this episode, you know, I remember some choice phrases coming out of your mouth. And I would, oh, to be a fly on the wall for that argument. I feel like we need, I'm going to acknowledge here now, though. Mm. Sam would have been, what, 18? Yeah. John is a grown-ass man. Yeah. I feel like for Dean to frame it as, oh, but you said some mean stuff to dad as well. Mm. Sort of. Sam's a kid. Sam's still a kid. Like, yeah. I feel like you got to hold an adult who would have been, what, like 40, 45, 50 at yeah. the time? I, I'm not sure how old John was when Mary died, but I don't think they were that old when they had Dean. No. 
Yeah, and even if he is a bit younger or older, your point still stands. Like, he is a grown-ass adult and he should be able to recognise that his kids are not his property and they're allowed to do things like go to school, have friends. Because that's another thing, like, from a couple episodes ago where you see, like, Sam and Dean talking about having friends and Dean saying, well, you can't have friends. And Sam's like, but I do have friends and I want to have friends. And you don't necessarily see it so much in that particular episode, but now with the context of of this, it becomes a lot more like, oh, yeah, like they really have different views, particularly on how they grew up and how John handled everything. And I think what really gets me about this episode in particular is the fact that they, they quite clearly highlight the contrast between Sam wanting to just kind of tell everyone the truth and just be open about it and Dean constantly being like, are you crazy? No, we have to lie to them. I think that is really well exemplified. It's yeah. in the scene in which they're talking to the kid on the phone. Yeah. And Sam is like, you've got to just tell him the truth. You've got to make him listen. You've got to tell him. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, no, just say you've got like a sharp pain in your right kidney. Like you got to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah, like like fake appendicitis yeah. essentially. And um, actually what was really interesting about the kid, again, this is like coming back to like a parallel that, uh, you know, supernatural, there's just so many of them. It's like a mirror within a mirror within a mirror within a mirror. I think it's show. just the fact that they couldn't think of any new ideas. <laughs> okay, that's another way of looking at it. They have to use the same ones over just the and same over ones again. over and over. Just because keep... they have no new ideas. Look, recycling's good for the planet. One of the things that I, I do really like, and it is one of their mo- more obvious parallels, but it's the relationship between Larry and Matt, so like the real estate agent or the developer, and his son who loves the spiders and stuff, and then John and, and Sam. And it is really, really nice. And even like, oh, the kid who plays Matt, I meant to look this up before the episode. He looked so familiar to me. The whole episode, and I could not figure it out. He plays another character in Supernatural in season eight. I thought he looked fucking familiar. He comes back like so re- seven years later. They're recycling actors as they're well. Re- <laughs> yes, so they're recycling, they're recycling character development, they're recycling parallels, and they're apparently also recycling actors. I knew they recycled a few actors, did not realise he they're was They're also one recycling camera shots because that mirror shot <laughs> from the puddle yeah. is the same as the mirror shot when they get into the crime scene. Uh, they're, they're in the mirror and then they come in after the sales agent has been murdered yeah. in the shower yeah. by the spiders. The spiders. Okay, so I want to... The lady who gets killed by the... Well, she doesn't really get killed by spiders. I feel like maybe she bled out more than she got killed by spiders. But the scene... Before she's in the shower, when she's just, like, watching the TV and she's, like, taking her shirt off and stuff, the spider crawls out of her hairline. I literally, like, was – like, I brushed my own face because it freaked me out so much. Like, I could imagine it just crawling. It was horrible. Absolutely fucking horrible. I detested it. It was super effective. I hated it. Bethany. Hated it. Yes. You're an Australian. I know. And that's what makes it worse because our spiders might kill me. (laughs) Not to say that American spiders are less likely to kill you. I don't actually know. But I feel like ours are notoriously more deadly. Of the top ten deadliest spiders. We have like eight of them. Eight or nine of them. I think that goes for snakes too. Yeah. But Mm. also like I don't get it. If they want to kill, if it's like nature that's trying to kill these people, right? Yeah. Why do they need an entire swarm of things? I know. It's like, send a single bear. Send 
some snakes. Send something with rabies. Nature's an idiot. Coronavirus. <laughs> Send a bat. I so here's the thing. We're jump, I'm jumping right to the end. Okay. Let's still jump talking ahead. about the curse, right? Yeah. The guy says that they speak to. I think his name is Joe. That they speak to, who um, says that you know this is the curse that his grandfather or great grandfather, I don't know. Anyway, his ancestor basically laid down this curse on the land, and he says, you know, no white man shall survive. And then Dean, when they get back in the car, like Sam's like, you know, oh, how do we break the curse? And Dean says, you don't break a curse. You just get out of its way. We need to get these people out. And I'm like, okay, solid. You know, if you can't think of how to fix the thing, just avoid it. Sure. But then they get to the house and the guy wasn't listening and it's too bloody late. And so they go in the house and I'm not going to talk about the whole scene because I'm sure we'll delve into that in a minute, but they all live and they don't explain how they live and they don't explain why. They don't die. Like, there's never at all any explanation how they avoided the death. Like, yeah, they barricaded themselves in the house, but the bugs all got in anyway. And this goes back to our point of why would they not send, like, a bear or, like, a single venomous spider? Yeah, but it's also, like, why did the bugs not kill them? Clearly, they had the ability to kill them. So why didn't they? Because they were white people. They were on the land. They should have died. Like, again, just like the Wendigo episode, this should have been the first, like the, the end of Supernatural. This should have been the thing that killed them. They didn't fix the problem. They didn't find a loophole. They just... They just lived. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what baffles me so much is the way this is shot. It, like, it definitely doesn't feel like they've been holed up there for, like, the six yeah. hours it would take for the sun to right? rise again. I was thinking... They, it's like they, they, they're in the attic, they're barricaded in, they've eaten through the roof, which, like, how? Because it's not like it's just, like, it's it's an actual roof. Like, it's got tiles yeah, it's on top. It's not just chipboard. Just like, no. But anyway, moving on. And no. they're here and they huddle and they huddle and it looks like they've only been huddled for, like, 20 maybe 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And then it's like the morning. And we know that it was like midnight, midnight when because they, they specifically said it's, it's midnight, midnight, which is like, you could have said it's like 2am and that could have shaved off two hours that you had, like, you know, they could have made it three because then it's like the whole witching hour and they could have tied it into that. Or they could have said, you know, it begins at dusk and ends with sunrise. Like they could have done anything but no they specified that it was midnight and then spent 15 minutes hiding from fake bees <laughs> after they you know about this right have you heard about yeah so they filled the entire attic with real bees realized you couldn't see the real bees and then had to cgi add in bees anyway oh god this oh and that reminds me the lady who died from spiders this is what i was getting to right okay. yeah Let's go back. She dies. Sorry, this episode's going to be a, a nightmare, but the actual episode is also a nightmare. So really, what did you expect? It's on brand. It's on brand, yeah. <laughs> We've got about... <laughs> Our plot is just as linear. Um, so when she is... Yeah, so the, it's crawled out of her hair. It's horrible, disgusting. She gets in the shower and they're like all crawling out from like basically where the shower head fits into the wall. And like that's horrifying too. And... Like, it's not great special effects, but it's also, like, eh, 2005. I didn't really clock it, so Whatever. I'm not overly fast. Yeah. So, anyway, they're crawling out, and then she freaks out. First of all, she smashes through that glass. That's not how glass works. Bam. I don't know if you've ever just, like, hit a window. Who here has walked into a glass door? I know I definitely have. You're looking at me like maybe this is not a universal experience, and maybe I'm just stupid. But, like, you don't – like, I could just – there's a window here. 
like like it doesn't just smash that's not how glass works sugar glass that they use in shows yes absolutely but a shower glass no you have to like hit that shit with a hammer to break it and she's just like basically walked through it so she's just fallen out of the shower also you'd think that'd be where the door is so the door should have just fucking swung open she should have walked out of there with nothing Anyway, so the spiders are all coming out of, like, where the shower head, like, meets the wall. And it's like, ah, okay. And then she turns around, she freaks out, she smashes through the shower wall. And then she, like, you know, hobbles through her to her bedroom and she, like, collapses. And then you see on her face the spiders. First of all, the spiders have suddenly shrunk. They are no longer, like, I don't know, the size of 50-cent pieces. They don't. That's an Australian thing. They're no longer, like, big. They are now small. <laughs> like... They're tiny on her face now. And I'm like, eh, that doesn't make much sense, but I'll forgive it. But then when Sam and Dean are investigating the crime scene and they walk in and there's like her like body outline taped on the fucking floor, which I thought the body outline <laughs> was so fucking funny. Hilarious, objectively. Anyway, then Dean literally walks straight over all of the glass and I'm like, dude, bro. And then It's he, a crime scene. Then he picks up the towel and out of it, full... The most 50 cent looking damn fake spiders I have ever seen in my fucking life. Not only are they now again huge after we saw on her face that they were tiny, but they are also plastic. It's not like, it's not like we're looking at like, oh, practical effects. It's like, no, someone went to a dollar store. They bought a pack of 30 spiders for 50 cents for Halloween decorations or some shit. And then they put them in a towel and they pick the towel off the floor and it's, they didn't even splurge on like the rubbery ones oh my god it's just and also when a spider dies it doesn't look like that it like its legs curl up and stuff like it looks like a little ball it doesn't look like a pancake I just that just it really (laughs) stuck out for me I'm like oh yeah look at them clatter to the ground see that's not what stuck out for me what stuck out for me was this week's PSA which is don't walk all over an active fucking crime scene Jamie, I love your PSAs, but I feel like they're getting more and more niche. <laughs> okay, yeah. Would you care to elaborate, or is that your is that your PSA just in general? I mean, I feel like it goes without explanation, but mm-hmm. I think I, I'll, I will elaborate just in Go. case somebody's curious. You have a scene that's sealed off with police tape. Don't walk in there. Yeah, there it's elaborated. That's all they needed. <laughs> You were disturbing a crime scene. Why Why would you do that? And I feel like that's a nice one that's applicable to basically every single episode of Supernatural. They yeah. they flagrantly disregard this piece of advice. <laughs> Constantly. And it just baffles me because, like, I get it. Like, they don't think it's, like, a human perpetrator that's done this. They don't think mm-hmm. that there's actually a crime here to be solved. No. My issue with that is what happens if it is just a human perpetrator? Like, a couple of episodes back, we watched Skin. Yeah. Which, okay, it wasn't a human perpetrator because it's supernatural and nothing's a human perpetrator. But also, it could have very well just been... A normal murder. A normal murder. Yeah. And they walk all over the crime scene. I know. Again. I know. <laughs> it's the same with uh, the pilot episode on the bridge. Mm. They walk all over an active crime scene. I know. And, and it could just, have just been a normal ass disappearance. They're just introducing their DNA and everything to like the very active murder investigations. And I mean, it like it, it does have like Dean's now wanted as a serial killer. They think Dean's dead though. They do. Dean's like, like he's yeah. technically dead. They think he's dead, so that's fine. But also, like they think he's a serial killer. They do. 
Um, actually, speaking of crimes and trespassing, I wanted to mention how cute it is when they, like, break into the, like, uh, empty house and Dean's, like, in love with the shower. I think that's just a very fun little, like, aside and he comes out and he's got his hair in the, like, towel and he's like, dude, the shower is so good. I just, I love that. Well, that's something they brought back because that's, let's talk about the salespeople for a minute, okay? Yeah, Linda and... Uh, I don't know. I have his his name. Larry. Larry. I mentioned it earlier. Larry and Linda. Okay. Let's talk about Larry and Linda. Very intense salespeople. Yeah. she mentions the steam shower. Yes. She's like, I have a steam shower every day. Yeah. But what I want to talk about them is how they go, oh, we're welcoming to any race, religion, or sexuality. I know. Like the poor. I know. And it's so funny. And you just see Sam, like start laughing and you just see Dean like bristle and I'm like it's here already it's the queer reading it's already here (laughs) we had the gay sit the other episode now we've got the flagrant homophobia it's all coming together um yes I love that they both individually make that point it's very clear to me though as someone who works in customer service though that that's obviously part of a script oh yeah like that they have for like trying to sell people on the new housing estate. Oh yeah, like you read between the lines in that pause, you know, and you're like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. They're not fans, but they can't tell you that because you might give them money. And the first time, Deenan's very quick to correct them and be like, "Oh no, we're brothers. We're looking for like our father's getting on." And they're yeah. like, oh, "We're welcoming up seniors as well." Yeah. And then the second time. Sam's just like, eh, hey, fuck it. Like, we'll just let them assume what yeah. they want to assume. And I love it. Dean's like, all right, honey. <laughs> Smacks him in the ass on the way past. What gets me, though, <laughs> is then you you got, you got know that Linda and Larry had a conversation after that. <laughs> where they were like, oh, I, did you see those new, like, the two blokes who were like, and oh, yeah, they make such a cute couple. Couple? They're fucking brothers. <laughs> just like, and like, Linda's just having... <laughs> I can just imagine her like going, wait, I swear to God, I swear to God he called him honey. I swear to God he smacked him in the eye. I didn't even think about the business meeting that would have happened after that. You just know that they discussed the brothers. Oh, yeah. But they had such wildly different experiences with the brothers. (gasps) Oh, it's so fucking funny. Let's talk about the barbecue though, okay? Okay, yeah. There's a scene before they even go to the barbecue and like Dean spotted the free barbecue sign and he's like, we're going. And Sam's like, oh, why? Like, you just want to go because there's food. And it's like, did you not hear the thing earlier where you were talking about how you were poor? Yeah. <laughs> like, why Why are you going to go to a yeah, free barbecue right? on the state where there's been some mysterious yeah, things? Yeah, like, it's like win, 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 win. You get free food. You also get to investigate. Like, you're there to do your job, but you're also there to eat. <laughs> And it's a free barbecue, so you don't have to pay for it. Like, you were the one whinging about the credit card scams mm-hmm. and hustling at pool right in front of the fucking bar where your brother is hustling pool. So if you walk out of that bar and the guy you've just been playing at pool, his brother's standing there saying that you have just been hustled at pool, like, you're going to murder somebody. Yeah, you're going to be pissed off, especially if they've been, like, drinking and stuff. Like, they're going to be mad. And it looks like Dean, like, got a fair bit of money out of it too. Like, it's yeah. not a small wad of cash. No. Um. Also, this is... This is a complete aside and it's like not relevant at all to what you were just saying. It's the plot. But I noticed that the garage doors on the houses are the same as the garage door that you just picked for your house. I know, I noticed like, that it's exactly. It's the same. It's like almost the same color. It's the same thing. I was like, oh my God, it's Jamie's garage. Oh my God, it's Jamie's garage. And I got so excited. I was like, I've never like, 
It, it's never occurred to me to notice the type of garage Did door. I still it as well? But oh my god! Okay, for context, for, Jamie is very excitingly about to start building a house. Um, and the other day, I actually went down and helped her pick out like a lot of like the color schemes and stuff. Well, I say I helped. I went down and kept her company while she made a lot of decisions about her new house. Um, and yeah, like one of the things is the exact garage door in the episode that Dean like lifts when they're squatting in the house is like the exact garage door that Jamie is going to have in like 12 months. So it's just, uh, it was very funny <laughs> to like see it on screen. Did you, did you like it? Did you look at it and go, oh fuck, I made the wrong choice. It's bloody no, ugly. <laughs> I did like it. Um, oh, another thing about this episode, like again, it's just like another sort of one off aside is that Sam drives a lot in this episode and it, like, for you, that's probably like, yeah, okay, whatever. I didn't even notice it. For me, it's very strange because it is – I could probably count on, like, one hand episodes where uh, where Dean isn't driving, like, at least primarily. Like, it's very it's very weird to have Sam drive for the majority of the episode, especially when they're driving the Impala. Like, they drive other cars, like, through the series, and, like, Sam can drive those. But specifically the Impala, it's, like, weird to have Sam driving it. Like – it's, it's not important at all to the plot or anything. It's just, like, it's weird <laughs> for me. Yeah, see, I didn't even clock that. Yeah, I mean, what like I, I said, it's literally not important. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> what I did clock was when they're interviewing, like, the contractor friend. Uh-huh. The questions they are asking. Oh, I like, wasn't going to talk about that at all. I had something else entirely. I am sorry, but if I was, like, I understand why they're asking him. It makes sense why they're trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. But also, like... If I was the guy they were talking to and I just yeah. had somebody come up to me and say, oh, I'm such and such as nephews, mm-hmm. can you tell me how they died, essentially, and then asked all these weirdly detailed questions yeah. about how they died, I would be like, the fuck, mate? Nah. My my thoughts watching that scene was that that man, I think his name was Travis, has the hair that Sam wants. And like... <laughs> And it's the hair that he aspires to for the rest of the 15 seasons of the show. Like, it's so funny. I was watching, like, Dean's asking the questions and you just see Sam sort of, like, blurred out in the background. And I'm like, oh, he's just eyeing up that man's hair. He's looking at it going, yeah, that's <laughs> that's where I see myself in five years. <laughs> and honestly, I stand by that. I feel like when we get to, like, I don't know, season seven or eight, we should have a side-by-side comparison of Travis and Sam. And uh, I think you'll find that I am correct. <laughs> Oh, there's a scene where they're talking to the son who collects the spiders, etc. Matt, yes. Matt. And they're in the car. But when they're not in the car with him, but they, they sort of will follow him. And he's like... Oh, they like stalk him when he gets off the like school bus. They like stalk him yeah. when he gets off the school bus. And he's like... Questionable activity. And he's like, are you serial killers? Yeah, I And know. I'm sitting there going, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no. And I'm like, liars. Fuck. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, literally, like, not even, like, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I love that he straight up asks them outright as if if they say, yeah, we're serial killers, he could do anything about it. What's he going to do? Throw the, like, stick insect at them? Oh, I did love actually speaking of, like, the kids and stuff, or the kid, I guess. There's only one of them. But I loved when they went to investigate the pit and, like, they're sort of going, like, oh, who's going to go in the hole? It was that classic sibling dynamic of, like, the older sibling convinces the younger sibling to do something that they don't want to do. But they present it in a way where the younger sibling thinks they've won somehow. Like, they make it like, oh, yeah, it's your idea that you want to do this because you're trying to prove yourself instead of the older sibling just being like, you do it. Like, they kind of make them want to do it. And I was like, ah, 
classic sibling techniques. You're looking at me like I'm a younger sibling and you're an older sibling and I'm learning information right now. <laughs> no, see, because I I didn't see that scene like that at all. Maybe oh, me and my sister just have a different dynamic. <laughs> but that's not how my sister convinced me to do things. Oh, how did your sister convince you to do things? That's 100% how I convinced my brother to do things. No, my sister did not convince me to do things like that. My mm. sister convinced me by, like, punching me. Oh. And saying, you will do this. That is another common and sibling tactic. The I fun thing use. is, I would then hit her back and then I'd go, Mom, she hit me. Classic younger sibling tactic. Yeah. Yes. It's great. I never got in trouble because I was like the kind baby. of weak and pathetic as a child. I couldn't actually hurt my sister. Whereas my sister's always been kind of buff. Mm. Like, just generally. <laughs> oh, dear. But yes, no. So I thought that was a, a very fun kind of like. Very sibling dynamic, and I really appreciate, especially these first few seasons, they really do... They lean into it. Yeah, they have fun with the, like, they're still quite young, and you can really do the, like, like older sibling, younger sibling kind of dynamic without it feeling too weird, because they're, like, full-grown adults. But yes, no, I uh, I very much appreciated that scene. Also, when they find out that Linda's died, and they, like, go and they're speaking to Larry again, and they're all standing out with their umbrellas... Again, this is kind of pointless, but I really liked the casual umbrella use. I just feel like you don't see that very often, you know? Like, is it just me? It makes me wonder if maybe there was supposed to be no rain in this episode. Like, you know when they're at the barbecue and, like, they go to the front door and the guy immediately, they're like, oh, is this where the barbecue is? And he's like, yeah, shitty weather for it, but, you know. And then, like, later they're, like, in the umbrellas and, like, there's another scene where... They're, like, clearly being rained on while they're talking. And it makes me wonder, like, maybe they're supposed to be in, like, bright sunshine and, like, the weather just turned and they were like, well, we're here now, so I guess we're just going to film. And their solution was just to give them all umbrellas, which obviously makes sense. But also, I don't think you ever see umbrellas again in the entire show. And I feel like it's just not something you see on TV very much. See, this makes it sound like their solution was, oh, we'll just make this scene rainy. Instead of having to light it properly, if it's a rain scene, oh, Jamie, <laughs> then you don't have to worry about lighting. So I say it was written into the script, and they decided to do and make it rainy, so then they can have an excuse for how dark it is. Yeah. So they have that conversation with the professor, which they're just yes. carrying around a random box of bones. I know. Like, how fucking disrespectful to the people those bones used to be. I know, and also like. The professor doesn't question it. He's like, wow, this is an incredible find that you've made. And he's like, he's like, like and I'm just sitting there like, did did they just tell him, hey, we found this body in the woods. Will you have a look at it? And he was like, yeah, sure. That doesn't sound concerning at all. Like, who is finding a body or having, rather, like, I understand them finding a body and not calling it into the authority, authorities, but who is having someone bring them a body and say, hey, would you look at this for us? We found it in the forest out back. And isn't just going, sure, I'll look at it. Once the police and forensics and anyone else who has more authority than me has looked at it. But he's like, oh, no, it's totally fine and normal yeah. to have a box of bones put on his desk. Yeah, I'll just keep them like, in my office. They're about 170 to 200 years old. They're probably Native American. And they're like, oh, were well, there any tribes around here? Mm. And then they've just basically said, like, oh, well, no records because, you know, white people have manipulated all the public records for... Forever. Yeah. Forever. And there is no knowledge or information, etc. because guess what? It was a fucking genocide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But Ooh. we're not going to acknowledge that. No, we're going to sweep that under the rug because... White people are shitty and we've been changing history for centuries to make us look less shitty than we are. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like, white people are shitty. Like, really shitty. And there is nothing we can do or say that will make the history of America and the genocide of Native American peoples not shitty. Yeah. To bring it to a slightly more cheerful <laughs> topic, I did notice uh, towards the latter half of the episode, I have a feeling it's actually right before they go in to speak to the anthro professor. Um, so when like Sam and Dean are like, they're getting out of the car and like chatting and stuff, a woman walks past them wearing thigh high Ugg boots. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that was a common thing in like, the early 2000s fashion. I'm too young to remember, but thigh high Ugg boots with a denim mini skirt, no less is a choice. I didn't notice that, but that seems very 2005. It's hilarious. It was a look and a half. Um, and also in that scene where they're they're talking about, um, like we were saying earlier, they're talking about their various relationships with John and how they feel about, you know, when Sam left for college and these things. Um, Sam is wearing the most goddamn ugly shirt I've ever seen in my life. It looks terrible. It look It's so bad. They wear some ugly shirts in this show. But that one in particular hurts my eyes in a way that I cannot explain to you. <laughs> I don't know. See, I'm I'm a bit of like a nerd for like costume design and that, but I just really haven't been paying attention to the costumes. There's so much other stuff stuff that's just god-awful mm-hmm. that I've been noticing that it's like I don't really have the time to also analyse costumes without watching things a second time and like, no thanks, I'm good. <laughs> like... I'm, I'm not gonna do that to myself like i, I respect myself too much to rewatch supernatural <laughs> wow fuck okay <laughs> why don't you come for my life next time jesus but they also have the same thing that they did in phantom traveler mm-hmm. where they're on the phone and he's yeah. like this is the guy from the gas company like you've got a leak like you've uh-huh. got to get out of the house blah 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 blah, blah. and the dude's like you were fucking lying because yeah. I speak to the guy who's from the gas company at least like twice a week yeah. for logistics stuff in terms of the estate. I've known him for a year. Yeah. I've known him for like a year. You were not him. It's yeah. the exact same thing as Phantom Traveler when they're on the phone to the stewardess. And going, she's like, you're not my boyfriend's friend or whatever. Or I'm like, no, my mum's not in the hospital. My mum's not in the hospital. Yeah. I talked to her literally five minutes ago. There is no way in hell she was in an accident half an hour ago. Yeah, right. Dean is bad at talking to people. Let, let's get that straight up. He's bad at lying which is so funny or rather i don't know if he's bad at lying or if because he just comes out of the gate swinging and says something bizarre and people go well that's a lie and then sam comes in with less of a lie or like the semi-truth and they're like yeah that seems more legit but yes no the uh i think his name is joe i think i said earlier he straight up is just like you're lying to me don't lie to me like you know and then sam like tells him the truth he's like yeah i like him he doesn't fucking lie (laughs) Also, speaking of phone calls, the final scene where, like, they've had the argument with the guy. They finally convinced him, like, the bugs are coming. You see the swarm. And they're like, get in the house. And it's like, okay, they're in the house. Okay. And he's like, call 911. And I was like, what the fuck is 911 going to do? Who are you going to send? Police? What are they going to do? Shoot the bugs? Fire department? What are they going to do? Spray water on the bugs? And fucking ambulance? What are they going to do? Take the bugs' blood pressure? Like, I, what What do you want? Like, what is calling 911 going to achieve here? Literally nothing. 
Not a damn thing. You are just going to bring more people into a shitty situation. And then we get the iconic line. The phones are dead. The bugs must have chewed through the phone lines. No electricity. They've chewed through the power lines. I love that these bugs are sentient enough to not only attack the only people living in the in the area, but also to know exactly how to incapacitate them entirely in two fell swoops, not 10 seconds apart. Like, oh, it's just, it's so funny to me. Like, it's like imagining the B movie on steroids. Not that that movie isn't insane enough, but like, imagine if they like, not only wanted to stop people stealing their honey, but they wanted to go for total world domination. You imagine like Barry B. Benson, you know, like at the end, <laughs> you know, the end of the movie where they're like flying the plane and they're like on the ground, they're like signaling for the plane to land. It's like a big flower or whatever. No, no, I, I have not watched B movie <laughs> since I was in high school because Neither I'm pretty I... sure we watched it on the bus on the ride home from like ski trip. I have no idea when the last time I watched this movie was, but this it's so vivid in my mind. <laughs> and all I can imagine is like all the bees like on like this mission to like chew through the telephone wires. Oh god, it's it's just the funniest fucking thing. And then Dean goes and gets a can of bug spray. And I and they're like bug spray, and I'm like, bitch, what else have you got? Like, it's bugs. It's bugs. Like, yes, bug spray. Yes, bug spray. But then he turns it into a fucking flamethrower. Yes, I know. Which here's what confuses me. Surely the spray would have been more effective because if you turn it into fire, it just burns out. But if you have a spray. Like, it spreads. linger Linger, yeah. And you can, like, spray, like, windows and spray the door frames and spray the damn roof when they're eating through it. So they should have invested in bug spray, not salt. (laughs) It's literally, like, the only difference between having the can of bug spray, no flames, and having the can of bug spray, flamethrower edition, is that now he's holding what could potentially be a bomb in his hands. In their house. And what I don't get is if they wanted to do flamethrower, why go for bug spray? Yeah. Surely the wife has some hairspray somewhere. Surely they've got, like, cooking alcohol or, like, you know, surely you could put vodka in a spritz bottle. I don't know. But something other than bug spray, which in theory is, like... Actually, probably the most useful thing to have. Like, I would understand if he'd come out with a fly swatter and they were like, really? (laughs) I understand that being a joke. But a can of bug spray is like, yeah. And then he's just like, trust me. And I'm like, on what? Like, the bug spray will kill, like, maybe five of these bugs. I had something that I noticed, and I specifically thought of you. Um, There are no lights in the scenes where they're inside the house, and it's because they spend all of their lighting budget on the CGI bees. So are they meant to be bees? Because... I could not tell what fucking type of bugs they were. Because what gets me is if they're bees, right? Yeah. That last thing, if they are bees. Definitely bees in the attic. I why, think... why have none of them been stung by the bees then? Um, Hollywood magic. <laughs> like, surely, here's the thing. I know they're not, like, allergic to bees or anything. But Well, do we? Have they canonically established that they're not? I mean, you'd assume so. But what a time for them to realise. in the attic, right? I'm sure that no, as long as they stung them enough times, it would fucking kill them. Yeah. And then the white people would have died in Supernatural would be over and I'd be finished with this podcast and I'd be so <laughs> grateful. I'd be done. I'd be like, it ended on bees. It was great. I just, I love that. You know that, I know I keep talking about other movies, but you know, 
the in the first Harry Potter when all like the envelopes are shooting out of the bookshelf, uh, mm. the bookshelf out of the fireplace. It's Similar the exact thing, same thing. Like, trying to grab one out of the air and yeah. just grabbing one off the floor. Yeah, and instead of them like spraying the bees normally, they're spraying it with a flamethrower, and also the bees come out of the fireplace. Like I love. And they keep doing this thing through this episode where they're like, huh, this is where the bugs are going to get in. And they tell the family to hide. And then Sam and Dean just stand there in front of the thing where the bugs are coming in. Like they did it to the fireplace. And then later they do it to the ceiling in the attic. They're like, get back, get back. And so they do. But then Sam and Dean just kind of stand there and watch them. (laughs) And then they like prop up a piece of wood and like whatever. But I'm like, you couldn't have done that before they came in the building. Like, uh, am I meant to know that termites are also used in this assault? Like, am I, am I just assuming here that they're using termites no, to Matt, chew through the roof? Matt said that there was termites. He did. The kid, he says, he goes, termites. Oh, I didn't catch that. Mm, he did. I was too distracted by everything. <laughs> I mean, look, that's fair. But no, they spe- they do specify it's termites. Which brings me to, like, probably the last thing in terms of, like, plot sequence for this episode like at the end when like the family's like moving out and the developer's like i'll make sure that no one ever lives here blah 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 it's like first of all man how the fuck are you gonna do that capitalism stops for no man um and second of all that poor kid who loved bugs so much and made it like his whole like advanced plant placement science project and stuff He's, like, throwing away his terrariums and he's getting rid of his bugs. And he's like, I don't know, they kind of weird me out now. And I'm like, it made me really sad. I was like, this kid just lost his passion project. But also, like, terrariums and shit are expensive. Like, fuck, dude, resell them. Did eBay exist yet in 2005? How old is eBay? Oh, eBay's been around. eBay's older than we are. Holy shit. 95. I just, okay, sorry. I found my crisis point. eBay is older than Google. That seems inherently wrong. How are you going to find eBay if you don't Google it? I mean, like Internet Explorer or Firefox or I don't know. Okay. So, I guess if you don't have anything else to bring up. No, I'm all done for the day. Cool. So, in that case, what do you rate the episode out of five? I think I'm going to give this one a two. That's fair. I'm surprised. So it's still worse than the, still better than the pilot. Still better than the pilot. Damn. I hated the pilot. I think you're in the, the minority. Reason I think why it's one. 0.5 better than the pilot mm. is simply because you did get a bit of character development here. Yeah, as expositiony as it was, as it, it was equally as expositiony as the pilot. But the pilot, I felt like they gave us like nothing, mm-hmm. nothing at all. Like there was no character development really in that pilot episode. It was like, we are just establishing the universe. Well, let's establish the characters later on. I mean, I guess, again. (laughs) We're just establishing the universe. Yeah. So you rated it a two. No worries. The next episode is entitled Home. What do you think Home might be about? I'm going to Like, what's your prediction? It has something to do with, like, a place that has been home for them in the past. Okay. So I'm going to guess maybe the house or something where Mary burned alive. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I couldn't really tell you much. Maybe, maybe the thing is back. I reckon, though, if it is something related to Mary, yeah, we're going to see a bit more clues in terms of where John is. Yeah, yeah, because we actually haven't really heard about John in a couple of episodes, no, have we? No, John had nothing to do with bugs. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Maybe bees, but no bugs. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so I think we might find out a bit more about John next week. 
And I don't know what, but I'm going to assume that it's somehow tied somehow to, like... tied to their childhood. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a fair assumption. And the only place we've seen so far tied to their childhood is the the house where Mary burned alive, or the car <laughs> that they already have with but them. But they already have that with them. So, and I don't yeah. think they would do an episode on the car. But then again, cars do go to heaven. So who knows? <laughs> if that is it, then I guess that's it. Thank you for listening. Oh, important note: we should probably make is that we have a Tumblr and a Twitter and we have not mentioned that ever at all. So if you're interested in like sending us a message or asking a question or at all interacting with updates, um, you can interact with Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod or you can interact with me on Tumblr um, at DriverPixelPodcast. So I guess feel free to chuck us a message or keep an eye out for any updates we might have. I just figured uh, not eight episodes in rather we should probably mention that we have social medias <laughs> um, yeah. and where to find them so if you're interested at all and yeah let us know do you love it do you hate it maybe don't tell us if you hate it maybe just let us live obliviously yeah anyway i uh, hope you enjoyed thanks for listening thanks for listening